Think your audience is too small to launch? Think again. This real rebel launched to an audience with less than 260 people and made more than $1,500 with an ebook. Stay tuned for the full story. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Welcome back, my rebellious friends. I literally cannot wait for you to hear this episode. I always love it when I have expert guests on the show sharing their brains with us, but if I'm being completely honest with you, I love it even more when a real rebel woman joins me to share her real-life launch story. And that's what you're going to get today. This episode is part of our Real Rebel series featuring rebel women who are creating and launching products all over the world in all different niches. As many of you know, Rebel Boss University is my membership site for creative women who want to learn how to create and launch a product in 90 days. And today's guest is actually one of our Rebel Boss U members, and she has an amazing story to share with you today. I won't go too far into the details in this intro because I really want you to hear it from our guest, Emily, herself. But what I will say is this. Here are some things that I love about Emily's story that I really want you to pay attention to. Number one, she launched an ebook before she even wrote it. This is called pre-selling. So she sold something before it even existed. She didn't focus on the design of the product too much, just the value and the content inside of the product. She didn't use her small audience as an excuse not to launch. She launched anyway and had a lot of great results. She used affiliates in her ebook launch and her small, very niche audience generated over $1,500 with a very small product. Pay close attention to Emily's story. She's probably got a very different product than you with a very different audience. She's a tech editor for crochet patterns, so unless that's you, you are in completely different markets, but there's so much you can learn from her perspective and experience that you can take and apply to your own approach and profit from. So please take notes, be a sponge, and enjoy this interview with Emily. Don't forget to subscribe to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Your reviews always put a gigantic smile on my face and it might just get you a an Amazon gift card. We are raffling off an Amazon gift card to one of our reviewers once we reach our next 50 reviews. So if you want to be the lucky winner, head on over there now. I'd also love it if you pause the podcast for just a quick second, take a screenshot of you listening, share it on the gram, and tag me at Eden Freed. All right. Please welcome Emily to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. Emily, welcome. So excited to have you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So I obviously know your story and I knew that we had to share it with all of the other Rebel Boss Ladies in our community. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your really, really busy schedule to chat with us today. Uh, Before we get started talking about your product launch, tell us a little bit about who you are, what your business is, and how you got into this in the first place. Okay, great. Well, I'm a Catholic wife and mom, and we have five kids, which happened over the span of about seven years. So they were all really fast together. And 
when I was starting with my motherhood, uh, prior to that, I had been working on a PhD. So I already have a BS and a master's in um, a pretty academic field and starting with kids and not pursuing anything in academia. You know, you kind of go through the, um, the guilt of not using all those skills that you work so long to achieve. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when I was getting all my degrees and I would be at, um, at professional type events or encouraging events for youth or something like that, they would always be saying, follow your passion, follow your passion. Well, my passion was doing crafts. It wasn't (laughs) doing the thing that I was getting my degree in, you know, (laughs) I was like the whole time I was there, I was like, I'd rather be crocheting or doing cross stitch right now. That's what I want to do, you know, but I never thought that that could actually provide a valuable career. Um, Fast forward about four years into having kids. I already have three kids, three in less than three years. And was following a lot of the um, budding mom blogs, but also crochet blogs and things at that point. Um, I had really bad postpartum anxiety and depression after the third, but then coming out of it, I started um, doing more crochet and I befriended online a crochet designer that I was following and I started working as a tester for her. And now a tester makes items that a designer creates, they create the pattern, they send the pattern to testers and testers actually stitch it for free uh, and give feedback to the designer. As I was giving feedback over the course of about a year or two, she started to really rely on me for the editorial feedback that I was giving her because I would comment on you're missing a comma or you're missing a period. You need to put a space here. You need, you know, really, really detailed things. And she started to tell me that I needed to be a tech editor. I had absolutely no clue what a tech editor was or that it was a career kind of thing. And she said, no, you really need to be a tech editor. You need to be charging for this. You're really, really good at this. In fact, she sent me a pattern at one point and she said, can you look at this? I don't know what you'll find, but you always find anything. So you all or you always find something. So here, you know, it just threw it at me. And I was like, okay. Um, so, so I, uh, I, I looked into, well, I don't even know if I looked into tech editing more after that. I mean, I did a little bit. um, There's no real certification for it. There's no true, like, um, I don't know. I want to say like industry recognized education or something for it. You know, there's nothing that says you do this and you get to call yourself a tech editor. It's just, Mm -hmm. you can just say, I'm a tech editor and start putting yourself out there. Uh, The thing is though, you're reliant on your reputation kind of thing with your uh, clients. But through that um, initial designer, I was able to get in touch with other designers and start um, talking to them and asking them if I could review their patterns for them. I did get into some other groups of tech editors, a lot of them more knit tech editors, but it's still good advice on how to develop your business and stuff. Um, And uh, the first year of, well, in, um, not this year, but last year it was 2000, well, 
before in uh, about January or February 2018, I started a website and started really trying to promote myself and started acquiring clients and repeat clients. And I was able to build the website a little bit. Um, that year, that's when the Olympics were, right? 2018, I think. Ooh, you're testing my memory. I know, I know. <laughs> well, when the Winter Olympics were with... Um, I think that was 2016. And then, no. Okay, we're both not good at this calendar. <laughs> I don't know, whenever the Olympics were. <laughs> yeah. I really think it was 18 because... Or, okay, so Summer Olympics are 2016, Winter two thousand. Okay, yeah, 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 because okay. it was winter. Because it was the, the USA hat, the um, yeah, you're right, snowboarder. You're right. You know, I... um my Etsy shop, which never gets any sales ever, you know, she got the gold and I made a hat and I put it on Etsy and I said, Olympic hat, snowboarder hat, USA hat, whatever. Apparently I hit the gold brush on or whatever. I hit the jackpot on SEO on that one and sold a ton of hats that I had to hand make, but it was enough to be able to buy, um, web hosting for my website, which was awesome. So then I felt like even more professional. And at the end of the first year, I was looking at some things and thought, I really need to make a product. Like I really need to have something that's just there. And I was also getting a lot of feedback from the designers. A lot of, uh, a lot of designers were really learning really well from my advice that I was giving them about how to write. And so I was already really in communication with my really small audience. And I had a, I had an email list that barely had maybe 200 people on it at that point, probably less at, at the end of 2018. And, um, but but I felt like I knew them, or at least I knew like a handful of them enough and would kind of ask them, you know, what would you think if I made a product about this thing, or should I write a book about this other thing or teach something? And, it, and the feedback I got was just, yes, 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 you know, kind of thing. So um, in the spring of 2019, I came across your product launching info <laughs> stuff, you know, your, um, workshop and everything. And, uh, and I, I finally thought, well, okay, if I, if I invest in this, it'll help me to get motivated to go on with this project because I'm massive procrastinator and, and I can put things off for a really long time just saying, oh, well, I'm still working on the idea. Like I'll give myself excuses for mm -hmm. it. But so I signed up with you, I think in March, maybe March or April. And I had an idea at first that between when I signed up with you to when I wanted to maybe launch something was only about three or four weeks, which I really wasn't going to make, but, but it was enough to kind of get me going and, and also paying for, for Rebel Boss University was sort of like when I pay for a gym, I actually go to the gym. And so when I paid right. for your thing, it was like, if I, if I pay for you and I don't visit your website for like three weeks, that's, that's my bad, you know, like I need to get on yeah. there and look at some videos and do things. So I started, so I started to 
try to like crash through all your pit stops on the website because a lot, but honestly, like a lot of the first ones were things that I felt like I had already covered and they're great pit stops when it's like, when you don't know anything of what you want to do and trying to figure out what you want. You know, I was already, I already kind of had an audience, even though they were small, I was in communication with them. I'd done a few little surveys. I actually did put out a survey with someone with them once and, and only had like 10 or 15 feedback, but you know, I, I really had an idea of writing a very simple guide for how to grade crochet patterns. And for those that don't understand what that means, it me when you're, when you're crocheting something, you're building fabric one row at a time from bottom to top, top to bottom, side to side, however it is. And designers generally make things for their own personal size or a lot of times for size small and then instead of having to make the item and do um you know trial and error for size medium large xl and bigger uh, they will calculate the math for how many stitches are needed to to make it a larger kind right. of thing well, doing that math for a lot of crochet designers is really scary. And, and it's scary because, you know, when you, when you think about the people who are crochet designers, they're either people who really do like the numbers. So they might be able to figure it out already. They really like detail. You know, there really is a certain personality type that does different types of crafts that I've discovered over the years. And people that like crochet like detail and minutia to a certain degree uh, but some others that are designers just want to stitch and be creative they're very creative arty people that generally might not be very mathematical at the same time so the idea of doing the math was really scary for them so that is the pain point essentially that you exactly are yeah and that's what was really great with with your pit stops for me to really hone in on don't be afraid have confidence like putting it putting that positive spin on the fear of the unknown of of saying you know this you can do it i don't know basically that like have confidence no more guesswork you know, yeah. things like that, to have the tools. And I really laid out the tools in this book and gave them a step-by-step -step method to do it, to start from right. the initiation of their design all the way through writing the pattern and doing all the math in between. So just to, just to let everyone know who's listening, who might not understand what Rebel Boss University is in the pit oh, stops, yeah. um, you know, that is a membership site. It's my membership site where I teach people how to create and launch a product in 90 days. Um, the pit stops are the different portions, the, the modules. I say you have the roadmap to your first product. So I was being cute when I named it pit stops. <laughs> Um, the first pit stop is kind of the more foundational stuff that like Emily was saying, some of it she could breeze through and some of it was, you know, figuring out, you know, the words to use and, you know, the way to position the product. So depending on where you are in your product journey, you would start in a different pit stop or you could kind of breeze through the first one and start in the second mm -hmm. one, that kind of thing. 
just wanted to explain that as you're, as you're, as you're mentioning it. So people are aware of what you're doing. Right. And, and, and it's great for someone like me, like my, my academic background is math and science based. It is doing statistics. It's using spreadsheets and things like that. You know, I really like the math and detail and numbers of everything. Um, but it certainly is not marketing. You know, <laughs> I don't know the marketing and advertising strategies and designing, I mean, shoot, designing any kind of graphic is so painful for me sometimes. Like, like that's the pain point I'm looking for when other people say, oh, here's my Instagram template. I'm like, yay! Yeah, <laughs> like, templates ama are amazing. Right. So that's the thing. That's when you're, I love. you're a creator, you're a, you know, a creative person, not necessarily a marketer. So you just need, you know, a little bit of assistance and guidance and executing the vision to get your creative right. product out there to your people. Right. And, and putting the right words on it. So, so you want me to jump to launch? Yeah, um, let's, let's talk. So, so you mentioned your email list was really, really tiny. Um, so I think you had mentioned to me at one point when you launched, you had 254 people on your email list. Right. So what was your uh, product price point? How did you decide on your product price point and what was the launch strategy for that? Well, I finally decided to do an ebook instead of a course because it was going to be quicker to get out mm -hmm. and, and, easier. Uh, and that, that was definitely important because I just wanted to get it done at this point. Like the procrastination was weighing on me. So I'm like, okay, get it done. And via your advice also was, um, you know, an ebook doesn't have to be fancy. You know, you can have a pretty cover and just have text on the inside. And, and so that gave me, you know, permission to not be as fancy as I, as I thought I needed to be. And then also, um, now I'm a very frugal, cheap person. So it's hard for me to price things high. Like I, I still need to consider increasing my own service fees and mm -hmm. I, I'm, I still have trouble doing that. So you had suggested not going lower than I think 45 or 47 or something on the price. And so it was going to be a $47 book, but I was going to have a launch week and like pre-release sale kind of thing. And what finally got me kicked into gear for doing it was getting on Gumroad, establishing a page for it and declaring a launch date. And that just finally got, got me in, in gear to get it finished. But what was great was that by declaring a launch date, I could also start with pre-sales. Mm -hmm. And once people were actually paying for it, I knew I especially had, had to get to it done it. <laughs> by the deadline. I'm sure I'm not the first person to do that kind of strategy. But so I had uh, the first weekend, I think I set my launch date on a Friday for like 10 days following. And just the first two days, I had it as cheap as $30. And then... Um, after the first weekend, starting the next Monday to actual launch day, I think it was going to be $35. I was like, I kept bumping it up. Um, sometime either, either I think during the launch week, I might've 
got it up to the full price kind of thing. And then I also released, well, I, I still created two versions of the book. I had a, a, a pretty one with um, prettier Canva pages for each chapter kind of thing. And then I had a print friendly one that was more the word document, just black and white. Mm-hmm. And after the first week I made the print friendly copy, a $2 add on. So now if people get the whole thing, it's $49. And it was just amazing that like before it even launched, I think I'd already sold like a thousand dollars or something. I mean, you have the numbers there for me. I I don't even, I do. I'll, I'll read out the numbers for everyone listening. So you had, um, you had gone from 30 to $35 to $39. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you bumped it up to your actual sale price. So, um, before your launch day, you had sold 27 more copies of the book at 39. And so you had brought in a total of a thousand dollars and a thousand fifty three. And some of those sales were affiliate sales, but still sales nonetheless. So really amazing success because you hadn't made the the book yet. (laughs) I know. I mean, I was doing it and just to see the confidence that people had in me and the excitement that was there was And this is from a small audience, like everybody who's listening, who complains that your audience is too small. I mean, if Emily is like not giving you the motivation, I don't know what. (laughs) Right. I mean, and it was targeted and that's, that's kind of the key thing is that I'm, my audience is, I'm trying to have it be crochet designers. Now there may be some other people, you know, my mom and my sisters or whatever, but, you know, for the most part, I'm trying to market to crochet designers and I never thought there would be more than 50 when I first started, because it's like, you only know who, you know, right. and I didn't realize how many are really out there. And there's a lot of people trying to be designers and, and a lot of people yeah. being really successful. And when people started emailing me out of the blue, people that, I've, I've been following for a long time and I'm, I'm fairly certain are probably millionaires from their blog. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're asking me to help. Yeah. But but when others, how much money did you spend to actually make the book out of curiosity? Well, I mean, I was paying for your education type stuff. I'm still using the free version of Canva. I might've paid, well, I think I paid another graphic design person who puts out a bunch of like book templates and things like that. Um, I might've paid something for a toolkit or something from her, but probably, I mean, no more than a hundred dollars on hers. So just between those things, I mean, maybe like, two or $300 by the time the launch mm-hmm. happened cumulatively, right. you know, since like when I uh, joined your thing. Um, but so, and I have been evaluating all this year, how, how much I'm bringing in each month because starting February of this year, my clientele and the amount of patterns I was editing per month really boomed. I mean, it, it went up a ton to where 
last year in the whole year, I, in 2018, in my first year, I'd edited about 78 patterns. And starting February of 2019, I was editing an average of 30 patterns per month. Wow. And so that's a big difference. And it was, I was able to see kind of a more consistent, higher mm -hmm. income per month than, than the previous year, which could justify paying for Rebel Boss, paying for a right. few of these other things. But then seeing the amount of sales roll in pre-release absolutely floored me. Just was completely and that's, amazing. And that's the thing is you, you don't need to spend a lot of money to make a product that you can sell over and over and over again. And you can even pre-sell it before it exists to, to validate that the concept is actually a good one that people want. Right. Um, what I loved about your success is that you, during your launch week, you continued to have success. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, after your first week of launch, your total sales were 37 copies of the book, um, which was a total of $1,400. Um, and another really cool thing that you had mentioned to me was that you grew your email list during your launch, uh, which is another thing that's interesting because, yeah. you know, people think, oh, I need to have my email list to launch. And I always say, well, you know, sure, that helps, but you actually grow your email list by launching. <laughs> right, right. And, and from other designers. And now I have, um, I, have, I have a handful of affiliates, people that asked or agreed to be affiliates for me. Uh, and, and I've had a, a handful of affiliate sales. But then also, you know, one designer, she wrote a, a book review about it really quickly after oh, wow. it after it released so i was able to put that link on the product page and also cross-linked on my own website and everything and i can promote that every now and then because i kind of feel like anytime you can say you can promote what other people say about you is a lot better than just me oh, saying yeah. i'm an expert kind of thing so I'll, I'll frequently put testimonials on my instagram page and and i can put things about other people citing the book review. But now what's really fun is that gradually um, more designers are using the book and they're reading it. They're seeing how easy it is to, to make their concepts come to life. And they are posting about it with praise on their own Instagram feeds and stuff. And just um, last week, one designer posted about it and I had two sales within a day, wow. you know? So you're <laughs> collecting so, really amazing testimonials. So people love what you're doing. Right. I mean, when she, all she did was put in her Instagram stories, things I wish I had when I started my crochet career. And one of them was my book. Ooh. And, and, and I was like, Oh, well, that's really sweet of her. And, and a little later on today, I, I get a ka email in my, you know, or whatever from my little Gumroad app on my phone. I'm like, oh, oh, look, I got a sale. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then about five hours later, there was another one. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and, and so it's since the release, it has been kind of sporadic when there's been sales, but I'm just amazed when there, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed when there is no matter what, but it's just amazing. And to see it happen and think, wow, that's going to be $46 in my account 
that would never have been there had I done nothing, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and that was the whole reason why I started the website in the first place in 2018. I thought, well, I can go through a whole nother year and get to December and say, well, I didn't try that. Or I can say I tried and I made 10 bucks, 10 bucks. I didn't have the year before, you know, but it's more than that, you know, and and the fact that I tried expecting nothing and, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's like defeatist to expect nothing, but you know, I mean, it's like hope for the best, expect the worst, right? You know, if nothing happens, okay, nothing happened. But if something happens, that's fantastic. Absolutely. You know, and I'm not, I'm not putting it out there with a goal of raising $10,000 or something. You know, I'm, I'm just happy if it sells and if it helps somebody. I mean, I've actually, I've, I've met through a local women entrepreneurs group. I met another tech editor who also knows knitting. She mostly edits books, but I asked her to edit my book. And, and so I'm going to be able to go through it and create a a revised version and maybe even put a revised sticker on the cover and then maybe re-release who knows, you know, (laughs) I could tell people that it's, it's been updated and truly edited. I mean, I did, I was blatantly honest in the book and said, I am not taking my advice. I have not had my own book tech edited. And if you find any mistakes, please tell me, I will not be offended or mad at you at all. And and that (laughs) adds to, you know, to the honesty level. I think that's important. You know, you get people to really know you and like you and trust you and you're just being honest uh, with your book. And I think that that's something that compels people to like you even more. Um, tell us a little bit about what you were doing in the pre-launch and actual launch weeks. Like, were you on social media? Were you sending emails? What was that process like? Right. So it was, um, it was summertime and from, uh, from, I think when I, when I signed up for your rebel boss thing, we got one of those media mock-up layouts to mm-hmm. use in canva which was fantastic kit. yeah oh my god yeah mock-up media kit however it was and that was great because once i finally had a cover and i had a few pages that i would want to promote of what it's going to look like on the inside which was basically like really breaking down a spreadsheet and and trying to do it in a way like i I'm always afraid that I'm going to be talking to someone like they're an idiot when they're not, but I don't know how, how, how far down to explain it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so if someone had never used a spreadsheet, they're really afraid of math. That's why I thought, okay, this is going to be very basic. And I'm, and so it's like showing a, a portion of a spreadsheet with a big arrow pointing at you know, the cell that I'm talking about kind of thing. So I had a couple of pages like that and I was able to do the mock-up and it was mostly Instagram. That's pretty much the only place that I post now. And it, it links automatically to the Facebook page. I just, I tried to get into Pinterest and I, I don't know. I just, I'm really bad about that. I don't. And, but what's really great was that when I mentioned that on a, on the, another tech editor group, they were like, well, okay, so designers are going to Pinterest, but are they going there to look for tech editors? Right. I thought, you know, that's absolutely right. I, I think they're 
posting a bunch of stuff on Pinterest for people that are looking for crafts to do. They're not looking there themselves, but they were looking and responding on Instagram. So I've really focused my, my advertising, I guess, through that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it. You know, I might've, you went... did send a few emails though. Well, yeah, 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 I did. I did. Um, so yeah, I did because my, my email list and my newsletter is definitely not consistent. I don't send out weekly newsletters, partly because I don't like getting so many newsletters. So I don't want to be I remember you saying that. Yeah, I remember you telling me, I don't want to be the one to send sales emails when I don't like receiving them. And I was like, no, no, you need to, you need to send some sales emails. <laughs> right, right. So, so I did and, and yeah, definitely send it out through the email list and started to get sales that way and then would promote it on, I think I'm pretty sure like the first ones was only to the email list, that early, early sale. And I might've posted on Instagram. If you're not on my email list, you're not going to get this sale kind of thing. So I'm getting people to get on my email list. So I'm, so I'm, I'm doing that part of the business thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, um, And so promoted it through my email list first, then allowed a link on, uh, on my, through my Instagram and on my website. And so it mostly really was through, I guess, the email list and, and Instagram that I was doing it. And then, you know, there, there were a few affiliates that got on early and had sales early. Um, and how'd you set up that affiliate program? Cause I know that wasn't something that you had initially considered. I really hadn't. Um, well, I, so I'm selling through Gumroad and they have an affiliate uh, system on there. That's extremely easy. So all I had to do was get someone's email address and they have to have an account on Gumroad and I put their thing in and they're sent an email with all the links that they need and everything. And then Gumroad just keeps track of all of it. It's super easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was, I sent out emails to some of my clients and, and maybe, maybe put it in. I like putting things in my newsletter putting links in the newsletter for them to email me and I'll set up the email. Dear Emily, I would love to be an affiliate. Like all they have to do is click send or something like they don't have to do much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might've gotten a couple of responses through that or through uh, specifically asking some of them, but then others turned around and emailed me out of the blue, like people that I hadn't asked. They said, Hey, can I be an affiliate? I'm like, yes, absolutely. So since then, I'm, I haven't, I haven't cultivated that too much, but after the other person just put it on Instagram the other day and, and got some sales, I, I emailed all of them and said, Hey, one of you did this and it resulted in X. So how about, you know, look what you could do if you tried mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, how many so that, sales did you have? I think you had three during your entire launch and then two was it two afterwards probably I mean there hasn't been a lot and even that one the the day that this designer just posted about me on Instagram 
the sales that came through were through my own link. They weren't through hers. So I think oh, people saw it and then linked could, back to me to, to get it. Um, you could even reach out to that person and say, you know, you might want to consider making this an affiliate link. <laughs> well, I did. I, well, I, yeah, I did mention it. Or I, I even mentioned to her the following day. I was like, wow, I actually had like so many hits on the product page after you posted that. That was amazing. And, and when I put out the email to everyone, including her, um, about the results, she said, you know, I had my link on there, but they must've just gone to you instead. So oh, she had it there. So I don't know if it's maybe like in the wording, like if she had said, if you use my affiliate link, it'll help me and help Emily or blah, blah, you know, like she didn't really push it that her affiliate link was there. So maybe that was it. I don't oh, know. Okay. Or maybe, maybe people, people just, just wanted, maybe went, people just yeah. went, yeah, went to me first. I don't know. Well, either way, you made over $200 in referral sales, whether they were directly from a link or not. And that's pretty significant. Yeah. That's money that you wouldn't have had otherwise. I know. It's, it's, it's really awesome. So, so, I mean, I think that your, I consider your launch a success. Do you consider your launch a success? Yes. <laughs> Amazingly that I'm, I'm, considering the next book like I'm trying to I've been kind of developing what my next book idea is going to be and then having to think of um, timing and all sorts of things of when to release it what to do of course I have to write the thing in the first place <laughs> so so I'm I'm dragging out the production time a whole lot you know the development of it but but in the meantime, you still have this book out there and it yeah. is still making sales. So technically it is an evergreen sales system, even if it's not a super strategic evergreen sales system. Right. And I mean, maybe I could even do like, I, I like, I really appreciate how you had said, you know, try not to do a lot of sales because then people will wait for the sale. Mm -hmm. Like the like you don't go to Bed Bath & Beyond without a coupon because there's always a coupon, right. <laughs> you know, but so I've tried to make discounts and things a little more sporadic. So I'm almost considering maybe just a Black Friday kind of discount. Mm -hmm. And still I had told people when it was the $30 sale that like, I'm never going to go that low again. So that kind of gives me a bit of a buffer too, that like, even if I do give a sale, it doesn't have to be super mm -hmm. drastic. You know, I yeah. can, I can say 39 instead of 40 and people will think that's exciting, mm -hmm. you know, just because of the nine issue. And so I could do that maybe black Friday, just a little bit. Um, so there's yeah. lots of opportunities for you to continue to put this existing book out there. And I, I always say, um, you know, a lot of people, think a launch is a one-time thing. Um, but in reality, you can, like you were saying before, you can improve your book, you can add mm -hmm. more to it, you can relaunch it a few times a year as you continue to grow your audience. Um, mm -hmm. So there's lots of opportunities with this one product that you've already made. <laughs> right. And now that our uh, professional meeting for the Crochet Guild of America is happening next year, and I'm I still haven't submitted it, but I'm considering, I mean, I'm sure by the time this airs, hopefully I'm set up to be teaching a class on the book. 
Um, even if I don't there, there's still the option of creating an online course yep. connected to the book. Um, so there's, there's just lots of opportunity once you get that groundwork done. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for you. I was ecstatic for your success as you were posting in our, our members Facebook group, all of the different sales that you were getting. It was, like, yeah. it was the best thing ever. Yep. <laughs> so congratulations to you. And thank you so much for sharing your launch with us. Yeah. And if anybody is interested in crochet or grading, they can go to fiatfiberarts.com to find it. That's F-I-A-T, not the car. <laughs> <laughs> Fiat Fiber Arts and and see it. I mean, I'm not like I said, I'm not a fancy graphic designer, but I can put some things on a web page. Love it. We're gonna have links to all of your uh, personal accounts and Great. your website, so everybody can come check you out, check your book out, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you again, Emily. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Next time on Rebel Boss Ladies, you're going to hear from my friend Liz from The Clean Eating Couple, who added over $150 a month in passive revenue by adding a low-cost tripwire product to her funnel. I'm always telling you about the power of tripwires, the power of low-cost digital products. Liz took my advice after learning about tripwires on the podcast and has now added some significant passive income to her business. Listen to her story next week. Thanks again for tuning in today, Rebels. If you love this episode, don't forget to leave a five-star review and share on social media. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time.